Welcome back to The Purpose Effect, the podcast about purpose-driven businesses and what we can learn about solving some of the world's biggest problems from the women who are solving them. I'm Elena Kersey, and I'm on a mission to learn how we can build better, better work, stronger communities, a healthier planet. If you believe there's a better world out there waiting for us, then this podcast is for you. I help one person feel like they're a better version of themselves, then my job here is done. And that is what I have to keep going back to. Now we have a lot of people that we've helped do that. And so I always just have to go back to our whole purpose is to help people feel like a bit, like a tiny bit, tiny bit of a better version of themselves every day. And then all of a sudden they look back and their whole life is different. Lucy Dunn's purpose is to help you build the habits that might seem small at first, but will one day allow you to look back and realize you are transformed. She started her own transformation through weight loss and by sharing her weight loss journey online. This led to the creation of Dunbells, a fitness coaching program to fill a gap in the fitness market, a gap that had been left by businesses promoting what Lucy felt was a narrow view of health. Dunbells is a very holistic fitness program that, yes, does focus on losing weight if that's what you need, but really focuses on doing this in a healthy, well-rounded way in which nothing is off limits and where you can find support and community along the way. You are going to get some great takeaways about health and nutrition in this episode, but you're also going to learn some even more amazing nuggets about building a community-centric, purposeful business. If that's something you're interested in building, then have a listen and get to know Lucy a bit, because Lucy's offered a chance for two listeners to win a spot on her business coaching program. You don't have to be a fitness business. You can be any kind of business, a product business, a service business. But if you think that you could benefit from Lucy's lessons and a supportive community, then listen to find out more and then check out the link in the bio for your chance to win a spot on her program. And while you're here, if you find the lessons in these episodes useful, then please send me a review or rate the show because this really helps these episodes get into the ears of more people who could use this help. Okay, so now for the good stuff. Let's get started where Lucy and I kicked off our chat with how Dunbells was born. It really started from my own personal journey and experience of trying to lose weight. I was living in New York City at the time, I was 65 pounds heavier than I am right now. And just in this real cycle of trying to figure out how I can lose weight and taking advice from all of these trainers and nutritionists and programs that were out there. And I spent so much money and in my opinion, wasted so much time trusting these things and trying these things and wondering at the end of the day, what was wrong with me? Why was I so broken? And what, and really turning that inward of you know, it's my fault. And I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to that. And so when I finally became educated, because that was where I was at, I felt like nothing else was working. So here I go, let me go and get some courses under my belt and some education around personal training and nutrition. That's when I really realized, hold on a minute, what's this whole world over here that nobody's talking about? And that's where I really started to share a lot of that online. And here's what I'm doing and documenting my weight loss journey. And it started to gain some traction. People were interested in what was going on and that's really where it started. It took me a little bit to actually turn it into a business. In the beginning, I was just happy to help people, which is still mm-hmm. what we do at the end of the day. But now we have you know, a beautiful team and 
we have an amazing community all around the world and I kind of have to pinch myself to be honest that that's what was created from this real moment of struggle for myself. So how are you documenting your weight loss journey? Was that through a blog or on Instagram? And what were you learning that you wish you knew or you had access to at the beginning? Yeah. So around 2015, 2016 was when I had actually got to a point where I was happy with my weight. I had gone on about a five-year journey trying to lose it and I had finally achieved my goals. I had these muscly arms. I had these washboard abs at the time as well. I unfortunately had developed an eating disorder. And so you would look at these before and afters because that's what everyone was all about. And you'd say, oh, here she was really overweight in this photo, unhappy. And now here she is. And that's what we're striving for. That's the body that everybody wants. That's the lifestyle everyone wants to live. But I was actually more unhappy in that body. And so it was around 2016, 2017, where I realized all of this was a giant problem and got some help, recovered from eating disorder. And that's where it really started. It did start as a blog, which is just hilarious because anybody who knows me knows that writing is not my strength. It's not something that I'm good at. Even like basic spelling is not where I shine. And now we have amazing humans that take care of all of our blog writing and all of our copywriting because it's just a world that I should never enter. But that is where it started. It was this story that needed to be told. And then it turned into an eight-week program, which is still what we have to this day. There's been many variations and changes to it. However, that's where that education comes in. I know what works. I know what needs to be included. And that's what it started as to help people. If you want to achieve similar things and you want to do it in a really sustainable way that doesn't make you hate your life, miserable, develop eating disorders, those sorts of things, then here's what we have inside this program. Yeah, I hadn't reflected on the fact that these before and after pictures, how damaging they can be because the most important part is actually the steps in the middle, the part that you don't see. So they don't show you the full picture and they create the suggestion that if you can't get to the after picture, it's because of you, that the problem is you. Yeah, well, I think the unfortunate side of things is that especially the big fitness industries, they use these powerful messaging through these before and after photos as a way of saying that the person on the left is not worthy, is not beautiful, doesn't deserve all the things in life. And the person on the right, who is the changed version, now can have access to all of these things because of how they look. And it's just a really harmful message to be sending out. It's not the before and after photo that I actually have a huge issue with. I think for some people, it can be extremely motivating for them to think about my body could change this much and I actually could become a happier, more confident version of myself. But unfortunately, it's become a little bit twisted in the industry Mm -hmm. where we use these as like a carrot that is dangled of like, these are the only way that you're going to achieve success and happiness. Whereas that's not always going to be the case. You may change your body drastically, exactly like I did and become more miserable than ever before. And so what we do, we encourage people to take photos if they would like to of their bodies, not in a way to say you're better in this size than you are in the other one, but so that when you are lacking a little bit of that motivation or when you are feeling a little bit discouraged because some of the changes that you want to experience haven't happened, we can actually look at these photos and say, well, hold on a minute, look at this muscle development that has occurred. And so they can be used as a tool. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in using them as a standalone tool. Mm -hmm. What we really focus on is the deeper stuff. So the weight loss and those sorts of things are absolutely what we can help people with. However, you are beautiful and amazing and are worthy at your current size. 
and let's work on the things that actually matter to you that are going to help you feel better. Yeah. They're going to help you love what you see in the mirror. And that is not about just changing. You can actually have that if we do the work together at the exact size that you are at. Yeah. The change is more than what you see, right? Because it's about wider health and wellness and mental health as well as physical health. But what what was missing then from the fitness industry and the fitness coaching industry when you started? What weren't you seeing that you felt you needed to plug? Well, it's still missing. This idea that to get healthy, we need to eat really bland, boring diet, restrictive food. This idea that we need to hit the treadmill and run for 45 minutes, five, six, seven days a week. It's still drilled into us that we must do it all and that we can't have things like alcohol and we can't have deep fried foods if we want to be successful with our health and wellness goals. And so what we're trying to do is break through that and show you can absolutely achieve all the goals you want to achieve while not sacrificing all those things you love. And you definitely don't need to do 45 minute workouts, six, seven days a week to get to those goals. And so that's really what has been, I believe, missing and is still missing. There's still a lot of work to do. There's so many things that are ignored on the on the female side of things, for example, like our stress hormone and how that changes over time and how that changes when we add in things like exercise and when we make changes to our diet. These changes don't even necessarily have to be from unhealthy food, from healthy food or like healthy food in quotation marks. Even certain changes can alter the hormones and how they respond in our body, which can make us feel a different yeah. way. And so it's all a very complex system going on. But what I'll say is that if you're just shooting in the dark and trying your best, and what I see most people doing is they're following some meal plan they found on Pinterest or some YouTube influencer is doing, and they're not taking into the fact that, well, hold on a minute, what, what condition is their gut health in? Where Have they had some hormone testing done? Are things in line? Are they out of balance? Are they holding some stress? That's going to raise your cortisol. For women, that's our fat-storing hormone. There's, there's multiple layers that go on here. And it's not to say that if you're looking to make some changes, you need to go and figure all of this out all at once. But what I would recommend is at least surrounding yourself with people who are talking about these yeah. things, having these conversations so you can educate yourself instead of thinking that you can just try what everyone else is trying and it's going to work for you because our bodies are designed to change. They're designed to go in cycles of change, seasons of change. And it's important if we want those long-term results to listen to that stuff. So when you're working with your clients, what are some of the myths that I guess we need to work through when you're trying to adapt a fitness and health program that's holistic and is, is actually going to make you healthier? Let's not talk about what it's going to make mm-hmm. you look like necessarily, but it's going to make you healthier. Yep. Well, number one, the biggest thing we focus on is strength training over cardio. There is a long list of benefits of strength training, especially for women when compared to men. When women add even just a small increment, let's say 2 to 5% of muscle mass onto their body, the things that we're looking at in terms of change are hair, skin, yeah. nails, joints, gut. The long list goes on by just adding a little bit of muscle mass on our body, which we aren't going to get if we just focus on going for runs or hitting the treadmill. I'm not to take away from the importance of those activities. They're great for our cardiovascular health, so our heart health. We need that to be pumping for a lot of years to come. However, it's not going to add the same amount of muscle build on your body that is required to have all these other benefits. And so we focus on strength training primarily because of the health benefits that come from it for women especially. 
And so we debunk some of those myths that as a woman, you're going to get bulky if you lift really heavy weights and you don't belong in that section of the gym or, you know, you grab the pink dumbbells from the store instead of the black ones. Like there's all these myths even in amongst the whole process of getting started. And so we're here to say, no, we don't have to start in a place where you feel uncomfortable, but let's quickly challenge those beliefs that you have because a lot of them aren't true. And it's really interesting to see when women start consistently lifting some weights for around 20 minutes a day, three times a week. So right there, we're already debunking a myth. It's not 45 to 60 minutes. It's not five, six days a week small little changes, they're noticing within a few weeks awesome things with their body. And so strength training, it's just like I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face because there's just so many benefits of small amounts for women. And then the other thing that we really pair it with is macronutrients. So instead of counting calories, instead of focusing on restricting, depriving, all of that stuff that's, you know, plaguing the fitness health Mm -hmm. world, we really focus on fueling the body with exactly what it needs. Everyone has a different level. Everyone has a different amount of what they actually need a day in terms of macronutrients. So that's our carbs, our fats, our proteins. And when you're actually hitting that level of what you need, finally you feel energized. You don't have that 3 p.m. slump. You don't have those nasty cravings that come at night. You don't have all these things that are up against you when you try and get quote unquote healthy because you've cut all of these things out. And so those two things, to keep it short and sweet, that's what we include in a large way in our eight-week program to help people understand what they need in terms of fuel and what they need in terms of movement to really notice changes in a short period of time. Not fast, not quick. We're not hacking the yeah. system, but eight weeks is a long enough period for them to implement those things and really notice change. Okay. So this is really interesting. Are you saying that strength training can also impact gut health? Because I assumed that gut health was literally what you were putting in your gut. So tell me about that. To keep it clear, nutrition is going to play a larger role in the gut health. And some people have a condition that is going on that no amount of strength training or nutrition is actually going to support them. And we need to add in a third thing. That's when something like a natural supplement will come in. And so that's another sort of fitness myth that's out there that we need to take all of these things to enhance our like performance or our results and all of those things in, in our world, we're only adding in those sorts of things. If we, it's actually a need, if our body's not getting it from any other way. And so when we're looking at strength training and the relationship with the gut, it promotes that metabolism. So that healthy firing, happy metabolism. And so it allows everything basically to, the way I like to picture it is like a machine and we've got all of these cogs and that's our gut. And if we're doing regular strength training, all of our cogs are easily moving and and working together in a happy, succinct way. And so when we do that strength training and we have that movement, we're supporting that gut health. We are going to get a bigger impact if we help it on the nutrition front, but strength training shouldn't be ignored in terms of helping you out there in the Mm -hmm. department. Okay. Yeah. So you also mentioned the 3 p.m. slump, the mid-afternoon slump, and that's always been a big one for me. So could this actually be a deficiency in something or a lack of balance in macronutrients that's causing that? Our fat, for example, when we think about fat, it is stored as like long-term energy. So carbs are going to be what our body quickly converts into energy, but something like fat If you're consistently under on your fats every day, when your body is a bit depleted and it's used up that quick energy source, it's got nothing. It's like trying to drive a car with nothing in it. It's got nothing to pull from. 
And that then triggers all sorts of things because then you have this appetite signal that goes to your brain and you tell yourself, I just ate a big meal. Why would I be hungry? And we ignore that appetite signal. And then we turn our hormones into a mess because of we're not listening to these signals. So it's a, it's a whole thing. And I don't want to scare anybody away, but if you're, if you're experiencing this 2 PM, 3 PM slump, perhaps start eating a few more things regularly in like earlier. I'm not saying you have to eat breakfast, but smaller portions of food throughout the day before that 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and over time, let's say a week, I do feel like you'll notice even a change in that energy when you're focusing on what you're fueling yourself with before that time. Do you believe that there are any bad foods? No. I dislike the word bad. What we tend to refer to them as is nutrient-dense or not-so-nutrient-dense foods because that's the reality of it. The ones that get the bad rep are the ones that are really high in calories and they don't often contain any substance of fiber, carbohydrate, protein, that sort of thing. And so they get deemed in this category of bad and that we shouldn't eat them because when you stack them on a nutrition panel, they don't perform in these areas. Something that really is nutrient-dense performs in. And so I'm a believer in one of my clients actually would say it all the time. She's been a client for a number of years now everything in moderation, including moderation. (laughs) And so it's just become one of these little mantras that we use. And it's so true because even the quote unquote healthy foods, when I had gone through my weight loss and when I was my shredded abs and my huge muscles, I was all egg white and chicken breast and clean and all of these things. And long-term, a lot of those was not good for me either. I developed a whole long list of severe health things that you don't want to be dealing with, concerns that you don't want to be faced with. In my opinion, the other the other not-so-nutrient-dense foods need to be there. And for me personally, they are there daily. Those things can exist in your world daily and you can still achieve your goals. You can still feel healthy. You can still feel happy. You can feel confident with those foods on the daily. So I want to talk a little bit about doing hard things and the mindset required because you've done a number of hard things. I mean, Losing 65 pounds in and of itself is no joke, regardless of what the motivator was for that. I think everybody can understand how difficult it is to lose weight, but there's other things you've done, right? You've built two businesses, you've moved your businesses internationally. What strategies have you learned from doing hard things? And when you have this big mountain to climb, how do you break that down? There's a few things that come to mind. And one thing that I just have to like mention because it always sort of comes up for me, the the size of my body wouldn't necessarily have been a concern if other metrics like my body fat percentage and my visceral fat, which is the dangerous fat, if those things weren't in a really elevated state, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with a bigger body. There are lots of people that live in a bigger body and have healthy ranges of those levels. So I highly recommend if you're just like starting to think about, oh, I want to make some changes or I'm, you know, I'm feeling overweight or whatever that may be, there are certain body scans that you can get that are different to the typical bathroom scale. I hate the bathroom scale. It does not tell us anything other than this silly number that then dictates so many of our decisions. But getting more information about things like your body fat percentage, your visceral fat, these are the the harmful things that are actually going to take years off your life. They're actually going to mean that we live with disease and those sorts of things. And so that's just like another little nugget to throw in there that 
if you're happy with your body, rock it. But please, everyone, go get those levels checked because that's what's going to matter mm-hmm. in the long run. And so I just need to start with that. Um, the hard things, I think surrounding myself with support has been something that I never used to do and never used to realize the importance of. But now more than ever, especially growing you know, a six-figure business, losing the weight, doing all that stuff, it's become so important. And it's my number one non-negotiable now. So it's like whatever that support looks like, has to be around and it can be a small group or it can be joining some sort of coaching container. It can be putting myself in some education, whatever it is at all times. I do feel like I need to be surrounded by some sort of supportive community for what I'm going through. Otherwise for me personally, I just will never achieve anything. I'm really actually to my core, like not that motivated, but when I'm around other people, all of a sudden it's like a switch flicks and I'm on. And so that's been like my number one thing. I think motivation or this concept of motivation is really interesting. There's always this belief that motivation is something that you have or you haven't. You're either a motivated person or you're a lazy person, but there's many things that we can do to help motivate us and surrounding yourself with a really supportive community of people who are cheering you on and want the best for you is one of the best places to start. Yeah. There's this other thing that I, that I use that I don't want to leave out either. And so when we, inside my program, you know, we talk about motivation and we talk about how fickle it is and how it's not something that we rely on because when you're in bed tired and you know that you promised yourself that workout, like motivation is not going to be what gets you up. And so what we develop is called mental toughness. And so mental toughness is developed by often doing the same thing, basically like a habit. And so we need to develop that mental toughness to keep us going versus relying on motivation to come in and get us up off the couch or whatever it may be to work on our businesses, to go outside with our kids, to get the work out in, to do those things. We cannot rely on motivation. We build this, we build this mental toughness by doing small daily actions. They have to be so small at the start that we can actually do them daily. And then we build on that before we know it. We've got this resilient mental toughness developed all of it becomes a bit easier. I'm not saying easy, but easier to do. Yeah. I really believe in the importance of habits. And I don't know if you've ever read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, but he says something which I think about all the time when I'm struggling to do something. And that is that we don't rise to the level of our ambitions. We fall to the level of our systems. And I think that's really important. Building really small habits that are easily achievable. Do you have an example of that? Like when you've had a big goal and you had to break it down into small habits, what they were and how you mapped that out? Mm, That's a really good one. Well, on my workout side of things, for me, I had this rule where it was play one song and start moving. And if you don't want to move anymore after that song finishes, you can call it and you can say, I do not want to do this anymore. And so for me, the movement piece not only was it helpful in my weight loss journey, it did start to feel really good from a mental health perspective. And I was never the sort of person, I wasn't like born this fitness trainer. I found the movement piece really hard to develop as a habit. And so my rule was play the song. It's still a rule to this day. It's easier now because I've developed that mental toughness, developed that habit. But now it's like, play the song, just move your body, lift some weights, do some movements. And by the end of the song, if you want to call it and say that was done, that was a three minute workout. Thank you very much. Then you call it and you, you say you're proud of yourself and, and you move on with the rest of your day. There have been two instances where that has happened and the rest I want to keep going because now I've gone through that hard part. I've started and that's one of the biggest barriers. And so 
I've found a tool with that song. It makes me feel good. It makes me get into the zone. I start moving and I know at the end of three minutes, I can call it, I can finish it, but I never do. And so that's been my thing that I've found has worked time and time again. And that I often do when I'm like, you know, the movement will make you feel better. Just do it. I have those moments too where I'm like, no, but you just don't need to. And I go back and forth in my head and then all of a sudden play the song, get up, start moving and things are different. I think that one massive takeaway is you just have to start. If there's only been two instances where you've got to the end of the song and you've been like, nope, not for me, not today, (laughs) then just starting is kind of the biggest things. And I think it also helps you with confidence because if you've achieved something and particularly when it's a physical goal, you can see it and you can feel it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's like, like you say, that boost of confidence. It's like, look what I did. I I have done this before. I now know that if I set another goal, I'm going to have the best shot at achieving it. And I think that it's important to give ourselves the chance. And the way that I love to look at it too, is like all these little puzzle pieces. So where our life is made up of one giant puzzle and all these little things that we set, maybe their intentions, maybe goals feels too scary for you. But if you set these intentions, that's a puzzle piece. And when you surround your puzzle with pieces that actually feel good for you, not what your neighbor's doing, not what your best friend's doing, not what your partner's doing. When you've got a puzzle full of pieces that actually feel good for you and you're trying to put your puzzle together, maybe even on the daily, then what a good life to live. And I don't think we need to make it too much more complicated than that. Yes, 100%. I, I love that, that actually one of the big goals of your work is trying to make all of this stuff, which has become so loaded, you know, whether it's fitness coaching or even business coaching, we've made it more complicated than it needs to be. And we've taken a lot of the joy out of it. And by surrounding ourselves with the right people and pieces of the puzzle that actually make you feel good, that's one of the biggest steps to making the journey, not only a more happy and rewarding one, but also one that's more likely to achieve whatever intentions you've set for yourself. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. I think we're really, as humans, because we have access to so much now, where it's really easy to want what other people have. And if you actually just go back to your core, what fills your cup? What are some of your values? How do you want to spend your days? And maybe you don't get to make those decisions all of the time. Maybe there's periods of life that you're in, phases of life that you're in, where sometimes your puzzle is going to be at the end of the day missing a few pieces because you couldn't get to them or you couldn't make the time for those things that really matter to you. But if you do a few pieces a day, when you look back at your life, it's probably going to be pretty awesome if you stop focusing on everyone else's puzzle pieces and trying to complete their puzzle. Do your puzzle. Yeah, 100%. I really resonate with that. I want to talk about that a little bit from the perspective of your business coaching program, because your eight week program started as a fitness program. Now it is also a business mentorship program. So can you tell me about how that started and what the purpose is behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I've learned from growing Dundell, which is the online personal training company is that when we listen to our people or when I personally listen to what questions I'm being asked all of the time and when we build that into a program or we pay attention to what people are running up against in terms of questions, we can make something really good. We can say, here you go. Here's the answer to everything that you've been asking. And it helps that I've been through a lot of the personal stuff myself. And so it's almost like 
this exact same thing happened with the business mentorship program. So it was a number of years into growing a six-figure company, reaching some of the revenue goals I always wanted to reach, and then also getting to the top of these things and being like, hold on a minute, I thought these things were supposed to make me happy. And so it's like these two worlds existed where I achieved all these fitness results and I became not as happy as I thought. And then, of course, I didn't learn my lesson. I achieve all of these business goals that I have and I get there and I think, well, this didn't make me as happy as I thought it would make me. And so what I've learned, though, is a lot of the tools and the tactics and a lot of the the fluff that's out there in the business world that you don't need and how to actually build a sustainable business that allows you a lot of time and freedom. And I found that a lot of people started to ask me this. It was mainly when my wife and I, we were living this nomadic life. We were living in different Airbnbs every single month. And people started to ask, how are you doing this? How do you have money? How are you moving around all the time? How are you affording all of this nice, nice things? And I'm very real and open and honest on Instagram specifically. And I was like, look, I can, if you want to learn, like I'll teach you everything I know about business. And that's where kind of the program was born. People were interested on the first time I posted about it. And I thought to myself, okay, are you going to be able to help these people? Are you going to enjoy helping these people? And is it something that you actually want to spend your time doing? And it ticked these boxes. And so I started. And I think we had about eight people join. We were doing one-on-one coaching. And then it turned into, I learned all of the things that I needed to learn that they needed through that one-on-one. And then we launched our group program so we could help more people at a lower cost. And what kind of businesses are you helping? We've got companies who are storefronts who sell pet products. We've got personal trainers. We've got dental assistants who are trying to grow their brand as contractors. We've got video producers. We have a number of different industries and it is available to all of those people because a lot of the same business principles apply. Sure, there may be specific things in in people's industries that I don't know and I don't need to know, but I can absolutely help you in terms of recurring revenue and building your base and growing your email list and figuring out socials and, and all of these things that Again, I've learned the hard and expensive way, just like my fitness journey, and now I'm happy to share. And it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies. I'm not here to say, take this program and you are going to sit back, kick your feet up and make a million dollars. It's going to be hard work and we're going to dive into the deep parts of your business that perhaps are even broken. Perhaps we need to redo. Perhaps you're talking to the complete wrong target audience and that's why it's been so hard to grow. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, just like the fitness stuff. But if it's truly what you want, let's get you there and 100% support you. I think one of the things you've mentioned it a couple of times in this conversation, and I can also see it across all of your online presence, the kinds of comments you get on socials, the kinds of testimonials you get, the power of community in building a business and the power of community in making sure that the services or the products you're offering are what people really need. Do you have any advice for business owners, particularly ones who are in the earlier stages of their business, on how they can build their communities? So number one, something that's been really powerful for us right in the beginning and you know to this day has been giving so much stuff for free. That mm-hmm. is not going to work for everybody, especially if you have a product-based business. I get it. But hear me out. There are ways that you can still help people, perhaps with knowledge, perhaps with information, perhaps by showing up. There is a way that you can help people and give them things for free that will ultimately help your business. So it may feel 
counterproductive because it's like I'm a business, I need to make money, why would I do anything for free? I'm not here to say I don't value your time or that, you know, anything in that world. What I know to be true is that when we've given the world and when we've shown up and we didn't have any customers and we said, hey, here's what helps people. Here's what we've been doing for workouts. Here's the people that we've helped for free through this eight-week program. We wanted to try it out first, look at their results. You know, that sort of thing has been really beneficial for us and growing the community. Mm -hmm. A few of the other things are we run challenges. And so not in a boring get shredded abs in 30 days challenges, but let's all play bingo and let's build these little squares and let's put your bingo dabbers to the paper and let's give away prizes like dumbbells apparel or coffee cards or donations to charity when you reach your things. And so all of a sudden from bored, isolated, alone person on their fitness journey, now they're like, huh, I've got this game to play and I want to incorporate myself into this world and I want to have some fun in this challenge. So giving stuff away and showing up has been number one. And then challenges and fun events and those sorts of things, I would say, for the community side of things, have been our second biggest win and something that we continue to do because of how helpful it is. And then the other, I guess, third piece is like really getting specific on the way that you talk because I have to pinch myself that there are these this many – I work with women only. There are this many women in the world that are just so – badass that have found themselves to this community and I think that comes back to the messaging that we use when we talk about the program when we talk about things like don't have to cut out alcohol you can crush that burger you can order the chips you don't have to look at the menu before to see what's lowest calories when we talk about what we offer in this way it attracts a certain type of community member and so when they come in they're like these are my people and so it's really easy for the community to get along because we haven't been wishy-washy with our messaging we're not for everybody if you want to do lots of running and eat salads we are not for you you can join a different program and so the people that have joined they're kind of like one of us right from the get-go and so it's a lot easier to grow the community when you're crystal clear on who you're for there's a couple of things you've said that I just want to take and and run with a little bit further. First of all, the challenges that you were talking about. I think what's really interesting about those is because they also allow your various community members to talk to each other and to lean on each other and engage with each other and build friendships. And I think if you have a business that is backed by a community or if you're trying to grow a community, the communication between you and the members of your community is one very important thing, but fostering ways for those other community members to talk to each other and engage with each other is also really, really important. Um, that's almost the goal, right? Because you're trying to create a movement. You're trying to bring together like-minded people who can support each other in a certain way. And then I think the other thing, which is super important, is trying to be as authentic as you can in your messaging and your storytelling and really focus on the things that you believe in because you're, you're not going to be for everybody and that's fine. And now we live in a world that you don't have to worry so much about finding a message that's going to hit enough of X number of people because your marketplace is global as yours is. You can be super authentic with your messaging without worrying that you're going to turn people off. You're always going to turn some people off, but the upside is you might find people who really are like-minded and really get what you're saying and really believe in the journey. 100%. These are two huge takeaways. And I think that the word alignment just comes up in a big way because if you are not showing up and even if it's not your physical face that you want to put online like I do and say, this is what we offer and this is how you can get involved, 
even in your captions on social media, even in your emails, even in the graphics that you share, even in whatever terms of marketing you're doing, if you're not living in that aligned place and you're putting other people's content up or you're sharing versions of what other people have posted, A, what's the point? And B, people are going to see straight through it. You're not going to be living in that alignment and ultimately you're going to be left with all the crumbs that have fallen from everyone else that's living in their alignment. And so that's been something that has been massive light bulb moments for me. It's like I could try and do what some of those other companies are doing I've had multiple thoughts where it's like, well, we could, we could do that. Like we could pull that off. And then instantly I'm like, that's not us. That's not what we do. That is not anything close to our core pillars and our vision and those sorts of things. And so why would we do it? Is there, knowing all of these things, is there anything that you wish you knew when you started that you know now? I think it's a blessing and a curse that I have the mind of seeing it as like, I wouldn't change a thing because it's got me to exactly where I am. And I've learned these lessons and I've had these hard times and all these things. So if I knew it back then, I wouldn't have these experiences to go through. I guess to keep it like fully transparent and candid, I wish that I had known many years ago to stop wasting my money on things like Facebook ads. That's just like a super honest answer. I've spent so much money on hiring people getting people to help me, having people make big promises, trying to do it myself, all of these things. And the last time that we did it and thousands of dollars later, I said, we're never doing Facebook ads again. And so it's just something that I personally, it doesn't feel aligned. It never did, to be honest. It never, never felt like a good fit, yet everyone else was doing it. And every podcast guru was saying, go do it and target this audience and yada, yada. At the end of the day, that's something that I wish I knew because it would have just being a save of time and a save of all the money. The other thing that really comes out when you talk about that is that it's been quite a process for you to figure out what alignment looks like for you. And it's been a lot of trial and error and it's been, you know, spending money on Facebook ads, which didn't work. And I think that's part of the journey towards alignment or, or what I call purpose that, I don't know, maybe we gloss over a little bit because there's this expectation that purpose or alignment is something you inherently know. It's deep in your gut. Actually, I see it as much more of a process and, and a journey of figuring out what that means. When you're sitting where you are now after this journey of trying lots of different things, some things work, some things didn't, what do you think is the purpose of dumbbells? At the end of the day, I have to go back to my very first social media post when it was actually an official business and it said, I help one person feel like they're a better version of themselves, then my job here is done. And that is what I have to keep going back to. Now we have a lot of people that we've helped do that. And so I always just have to go back to our whole purpose is to help people feel like a bit, like a tiny bit, tiny bit of a better version of themselves every day. And then all of a sudden they look back and their whole life is different. And I think it's amazing that you're doing that. I mean, in the fitness industry, that's one really, really important thing. Like if you can't look in the mirror and feel good in yourself, then that impacts every other thing in your life. Um, it impacts your relationships. It impacts your relationship with yourself. It impacts what you can get done that day. And I think it's to, to now take that to the next, 
to, to another level, not the next level, to now take that to another level and help that with other women grow their businesses, I think is amazing. And I want to also talk about the extremely generous uh, gift that you have given the Purpose Effect listeners. So there's going to be two entries up for grabs in Lucy's program, um, Lucy's Dunbell's Business Mentoring Program. So uh, if you want to tell us a little bit more about what people can get from your eight-week business mentoring program, that would be great. Yeah. So really, this is for any business that's just ready for that growth. It may be revenue. It may be growing team. It may be scaling your marketing plan. It's not a one-size-fits-all here. Watch everything and and learn and, and have fun and see you later. See you on the other side. It's a real community like we've spoke about. And it's really about finding where these holes in your in your business plan or where your marketing efforts, like where are these big gaps, where are these big holes and coming to a place where we can put it all together so that you can actually live, like we've talked about, that more aligned life while growing and scaling the business. And so I think that that's just what is really important to me. Again, it's a bit of a personal journey. I've allowed myself to have all of this time, all of this space to then do other things that I also love because isn't that why we got into business? We don't need to sit behind the screen for 12 hours a day and hustle and grind. We, in my opinion, should be out there saying yes to that afternoon lunch date or saying yes to that walk if someone pops around and doing these things that feel good for you while having a business that's making more money than ever. And so that's really what we're helping people with. Systems, processes, automations are a big part of the program. And so, yeah, we just wanted to say thank you for listening this long because we know your time is valuable. And what we usually do is everyone that enters, we then have a fun little giveaway over on Instagram and there's confetti, it's eco-friendly, don't worry. And then we have like a lot of fun announcing those people and they can start when they like. And it's really about helping them take their business to, like you said, that other level when they're ready. Lucy, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed having this chat with you. Thank you for your generous gift and thank you for the way you show up for your community and other women every day. Well, you're welcome. And I have to say a big thank you straight back to you. Wouldn't be here having this conversation, obviously, if you weren't holding space for it, if you didn't create this community. So thank you so much for having me on. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it because a lot of light bulbs went off when we were chatting. But I think my one takeaway from the conversation was this. Surround yourself with the right people because knowing who your people are, what they need, and supporting them along the way is key to building a really good business. Not just one that creates impact, but also, let's face it, one that's profitable because there's a limit to how much impact you can create without the money to do it. So thank you for sharing this moment in your day with me and you'll hear from me again next week. Bye.